Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. This is going to be episode 49, and uh, we're in the fifth week of Ordinary Time, so the readings are for Tuesday, for the fifth week of Ordinary Time. Um, I just posted uh, two episodes. Um, you'll see it as recap um, episode uh, 30, uh, 38 and episode, uh, 37, which weren't posted by, uh, anchor. It was posted on Spotify for some reason. And they didn't, it didn't get, uh, uh, it, it didn't get posted on all the platforms. So I just redid those episodes. Uh, you can look them up. All right. So, um, please subscribe and share if you like what I do and you think I'm doing a good job. All right, so um, let's begin with the act of contrition in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay. So, uh, let's continue. We're going to read from, the first reading is, we're continuing to read from the first book of uh, Kings, all right, all right, uh, chapter 1, verse 8, 22, 23, 27 to 30. You have said, my name shall be, shall be there to hear the prayer of your people, Israel. You have said, my name shall be there to hear the prayer of your people, Israel. First, a reading from the first book of Kings. Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of the whole community of Israel and stretching forth his hand toward heaven. He said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven above or on earth below. You keep your covenant of mercy with your servants who are faithful to you with their whole heart. Can it indeed be that God dwells on earth? If the heavens and the highest heavens cannot contain you, how much less this temple which I have built. Look kindly on the prayer and petition of your servant. O Lord my God, listen to the cry of supplication which I, your servant, utter before you this day. May your eyes watch night and day over this temple. <laughs> 
the place where you have decreed you shall be honored. May you heed the prayer which I, your servant, offer in this place. Listen to the petition of your servant and of your people, Israel, which they offer in this place. Listen from your heavenly dwelling and grant pardon. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, let's read it one more time. Reading from the first book of Kings, chapter 8, verse 22, 23, 27 to 30. Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of the whole community of Israel. And stretching forth his hands towards heaven, he said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven above or on earth below. You keep your covenant of mercy with your servant who are faithful to you with their whole heart. Can it indeed be that God dwells on earth? If the, heaven, <clears throat> if the heavens and the highest heavens cannot contain you, how much less than this temple which I have built? Look kindly on the prayer and petition of your servant, O Lord my God, and listen to the cry of supplication which I, your servant, utter before you this day. May your eyes watch night and day over this temple, the place where you have decreed you shall be honored. May you heed the prayer which I, your servant, offer in this place. Listen to the petitions of your servant and of your people, Israel, which they offer in this, this place. Listen from your heavenly dwelling and grant pardon. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. So last time uh, for the uh, reading for uh, the fifth Sunday, uh, Solomon uh, just finished building the temple and he brought in the Ark of the Covenant and put it in the Holy of Holies. And the people... Uh, they were offering numerous sacrifices because this was a big thing. Now, a certain way of life ended. The uh, portable tabernacle. When the Israelites traveled uh, through the desert for 40 years, um, after the exodus, Moses uh, got a, a blueprint from the Lord how to build a portable tabernacle. And they built the Ark of the Covenant. They built the portable tabernacle. They uh, a portable altar uh, for sacrifice. A portable um, uh, altar for incense. They built the uh, the uh, bread of the uh, the table. The altar of the presence of the bread. And they uh, have a a menorah uh, candle that fire had to be burnt. And they had. Uh, you know, pretty much like a, a large screen around the area where the uh, the the uh, the tabernacle uh, that is the um, the tabernacle was, and in it was the the place where the tent of meeting, where the high priest would go in, and he would sprinkle blood on the ark of the covenant. This was this was their worship. This is where the holy of holies. This is where the spirit of God dwelled. And whenever the cloud lifted up, that meant it was time for them to move. And they would uh, follow the cloud. And eventually it led them to the Holy Land. Of course, Moses never made it. Joshua would have to be the one 
uh, his successor would have to take him into um, the place, in, into the the holy, uh, into the holy land. Now, when they got there, they had to get rid of all these um, these pagans, the, these pagan worshippers, these idol people, who were dangerous, dangerous to the the people of Israel. Dangerous to their, uh, you know, because the idols, the the pagans would influence them, and would pollute them. Of course, eventually in time, under David, uh, they got rid of them, and then of course David couldn't build the temple because he had a, he found it difficult uh, keeping to God's commandment. His pride, his sinful pride, his sexual pride got in the way, adultery, and then murder. And then Solomon himself, he had to pick up and he did build the temple. But even Solomon, near the end of his life, he made compromises. He uh, was uh, political. Of course, before David was Saul and Saul did the same thing. Saul failed. Uh, You know, he made political compromises, which went against God's word. Anyway, the temple was finally built. And the, the, uh, you could say the... uh, Nomadic life ended. You know, it, it, the, there was no longer a portable ta- tabernacle, and they brought they brought the ark into the holy of holies. The priests are the only ones who can enter. The cloud filled it. The temple of Solomon was very was beautiful. Um, it would be a place for them to worship, but um, of course um, Solomon makes a beautiful uh, prayer. Can it be indeed, Lord God of Israel? There is no God like you in heaven above or on earth below. You you keep your covenant of mercy with your servants who are faithful to you with their whole heart. Can it indeed be that God dwells on earth? If the heavens and the highest heavens cannot contain you, how much less this temple which I have built? Look kindly on the prayer and petition of your servant, O Lord, my God, and listen to the cry of of the supplication which I, your servant, utter before you this day. May your eyes watch night and day over this temple, the place where you have decreed. You shall be honored, and may you heed the prayer which I, your servant, offer in this place. Listen to the petitions of your servant and of your people, Israel, which they offer in this place. Listen from your heavenly dwelling and great and grant pardon. So, this you can see: uh, can God dwell on earth? It's true. What can can possibly contain him? Can the heavens contain him? Can the earth contain him? God is greater than His own creation. But yet, God chose to dwell. In the person of Jesus Christ, who is the true temple, the true dwelling place. And yet at the same time, Jesus chose to, to uh, for us to receive him in the Eucharist, in the bread and wine, in, which is his body and blood, soul and divinity, in his own, who contains his, his whole humanity and his divinity. And think about it. He dwelled as in as a fetus, he the word became flesh in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary, who can we honestly say is not greater than the temple of Solomon, which is made of stone? 
can we honestly not say she is not greater than the Ark of the Covenant? She is greater than the Ark of the Covenant. God came to us through the Virgin Mary, through her, and he comes to us again. God is with us in the Eucharist, in the Holy Sacrament, his body, his blood, his soul, his divinity, everything he comes and gives us. And we have to see him with the eyes of faith and also our will. We have to believe. We have to willingly believe. We have to come to a complete understanding that we don't understand, that this is beyond our comprehension, beyond anything. And yet this is how, this is our faith. This is our faith. This is the reality of it. Some people will scoff at it. There are people who have scoffed at it through the centuries. Intellectuals scoff at it. Other religions scoff at it. People sometimes with no theology, no religious understanding will scoff at it. They'll just, they think that they know more. But how can anyone know anything? If you know everything, then show it, prove it. But if you don't know everything, then how can you think you know? What, 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 you know? How can you laugh at something that you don't know? None of us know everything. Faith is completely surrendering. And it's a leap. It's completely a, an absolute leap, a trust. God is greater than anything we can comprehend. And he's a mystery. Who can say what he cannot do? Who can say that? Islam says that God cannot become a man. Why? Who are they to put a limit on him? Why is their religion the, the authority to say that God cannot do this? Why can't God, God do this? And why, why should it be against his glory? Why should it be against his dignity? Who can understand the dignity of God? Who can comprehend it? We all we, we know only one thing. The one dignity he deserves is our faith in our willingness to our, our faith and our belief in him. That is something that is due honor that belongs to him and him alone. And he deserves honor. He deserves worship. He deserves the love. And he deserves everything from his creation. Man, especially who was made in his image and likeness and who could know what the image of likeness of God is and who can say what God cannot say, what is his image and likeness. The problem with most people is the fear of, of accepting the existence of God They're, because by belief in God means that they have to give him the due honor he deserves. And by not believing, it is the pride of idolatry in themselves. They have to realize this. God is with us. He chose to dwell in Jesus Christ. And, he and Jesus Christ chose to give himself to us in the Eucharist. He is the true temple. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. That's it. Jesus Christ. Okay, so let's go to the... Um, Responsorial Psalm. Okay. Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord, mighty God. 
How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord, mighty God. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord, mighty God. My soul yearns and pines for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord, mighty God. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest in which she puts her young. She alters your altars, O Lord of hosts, make my king and my God. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest in which she puts her young. Your altars, O Lord of hosts, my king and my God. How lovely your dwelling place, Lord mighty God. Blessed they who dwell in your house. Continually they praise you. O God, behold our shield. O God, behold our shield and look upon the face of your anointed. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord mighty God. I had rather, I had rather one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I had rather lie at the threshold of the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord mighty God. I don't think this is a good translation of uh, Psalm 84. I know I've heard better. Uh, unfortunately, uh, this is not a good translation. We'll deal with it. My soul yearns and pines for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. My, my heart, my soul yearns and lungs for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. When, you, when we go to communion, when we receive the body and blood and the soul and divinity of Jesus Christ in, at liturgy, this is how we should feel. This is this is how what our 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 prayer life should be like. We should lung, lung, desire, hunger to receive him, hunger to be in communion with him, to receive the body and blood and soul and divinity of Jesus Christ, the the, the real presence, because what we receive is not a dead Jesus, it's a living, living, glorified Jesus Christ. It is Jesus Christ alive who comes and who wants to, wants us to receive him who wants us to feed on him to feed on his divinity to feed on his his glory to feed on his his holiness because we need him we need him this is how we should we should go we should think this way because our souls our hearts we we get the grace we get the sanctification we need even the sparrow who finds a home and a swallow a nest in which she puts her young. Now, most likely, the temple was so big at the time that it was not unusual to see birds fly through it, to see them enter. You know, um, it's, not, it's not a surprise. I mean, think about it. Um, in some places, a bird can fly through a big, cathedral and it's and, and when you hear the chirping i mean i don't know if you ride the city subways but the new york city subways sometimes in certain subways you will see a bird somehow it finds its way through it's kind of sad because it gets stuck in the subway system and it forgets how to get out but in a cathedral 
a beautiful cathedral, especially if you go to the Vatican. The windows are open wide. The they they can they can fly in and they can still find their way out safely without harm. And sometimes they may make their nest. Um, I noticed that in a the garage, uh, a garage sometimes they big public garage or any particular big place, they sometimes would make their home there. Uh, they will make their nest there. So imagine in the temple of Solomon, even the temple of Herod, the birds will fly through, will come in, and they're safe. There's no harm against them. They'll build their nest. The same thing in the cathedral. There's no harm. They, they will find a corner somewhere where it's too high to reach. And they'll build their nests and feed their young. They're safe in the house of God. And the and the reader, the, the psalmist here is pointing out they 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 find it safe and there's no harm against them. That's how we should think of ourselves, like a little sparrow that finds its nest in the house of God, close to the altar of God, and, and, and there's no harm. No harm is being done to them because God himself welcomes all his, his sparrows. We're like, we're just like sparrows. We should think of ourselves like the sparrow. That's what the psalmist is saying here. Blessed they who dwell in your house continually, they praise you. O God, behold, O God, behold our shield and look upon the face of your anointed. You know, he's comparing the souls like the bird like the birds that find a home. I'd rather one day, I, I, I would choose one day in your house than a thousand el elsewhere. I choose a day, uh, I ch I, I'd rather choose a day, lie at the threshold of, of the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. I mean, we, we struggle every day. We deal with deceptive people. We deal with people in our job. We deal with people who, who treat us badly. This is meant for everybody, even for the person who, let's say, has a lowly job and they're treated terribly and they're looked down upon and they're mocked. But remember, I think what's important is that always remember that we are made in the image and likeness of God and the wicked who don't realize this, that they too are made in the image and likeness of God and do not respect that image when they treat their fellow man horribly. They dishonor the image of God in themselves. Okay, let's go on to the gospel reading. Alleluia, alleluia. Incline my heart, O God, incline my heart, O God, to your decrees and and favor me with your laws. Alleluia, alleluia. From Psalm 119. Alleluia, alleluia. Incline my heart, O God, to your decrees and favor me with your laws. Alleluia, alleluia. Uh, reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 7, verse 1 to 13. You disregard God's commandments, but cling to your human tradition. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. When the Pharisees, with some scribes who had come from Jerusalem, gathered around Jesus, they observed that some of his disciples ate their meals with unclean, 
with unclean, that is, unwashed hands. For the Pharisees, for the Pharisees, and in fact all Jews, do not eat without carefully washing their hands, keeping the tradition of the elders. And, and on coming from the marketplace, they do not eat without purifying themselves. And there are many other things that they have traditionally observed. The purification of cups and jugs and kettles and beds. So the Pharisees and the scribes questioned him, Why do your disciples not follow the tradition of the elders, but instead eat a meal with unclean hands? He responded, Well did Isaiah prophesy about you, about you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching a doctrine, teaching as doctrines human precepts. You disregard God's commandments, but cling to the human to human tradition. He went on to say, "How well you have set aside the commandment of God in order to uphold your tradition." For Moses said, "Honor your father and your mother, and whoever curses father or mother shall die." Yet you say, if someone says to father or mother, any support you might have had from me is a is korban, meaning dedicated to God. You allow him to do nothing more for his father or mother. You nullify the word of God in favor of your tradition that you have handed on, and you do many such things. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. All right. I'm going to read this one more time. It is uh, interesting, right? Uh, let's look at this very carefully here. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 7, verse 1 to 13. When the Pharisees, with some scribes who had come from Jerusalem, gathered around Jesus... They observed that some of his disciples ate their meals with unclean hands, that is, unwashed hands. For the Pharisees, and in fact all Jews, do not eat without carefully washing their hands, keeping the tradition of the elders. And on coming from the marketplace, they do not eat without purifying themselves. And there are many other things they that they have traditionally observed the purification of, of, of cups, jugs, and kettles and beds. So the Pharisees and the scribes questioned him, why do you, why do your disciples not follow the tradition of the elders, but instead eat a meal with unclean hands? He responded, well, did Isaiah prophesy about you, you hypocrites as it is written this people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrine human precepts. You disregard God's commandments, but cling to human tradition. You, He went on to say, How well you have set aside the commandments of God in order to uphold your tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and your mother, and whoever curses father and mother shall die. You say, if someone says to father or mother, any support you might have had from me is carbon, meaning dedicated to God. You allow me, you allow him to do 
nothing more for his father or mother. You nullify the word of God in favor of your tradition that you have handed on, and you do many such things. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, this is something we're going to have to go through very, very carefully. All right, so the Pharisees with some scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus. They observed that some of his disciples ate their meals with unclean hands, that is, unwashed hands. All right, let's establish something. Jesus' fame has spread out. The miracles he has done has gotten attention. Um, his teaching has gotten attention. It's spread far and wide. It's gotten the attention of the authorities in Jerusalem, the Pharisees mainly. And they came from Jerusalem with the, with the scribes, their disciples, the legal, the, the those are the legal ones who basically uh, handle a lot of the legal matters. And they feel threatened by him. Now, they start to nitpick. They notice the apostles are not as, what do you call it, uh, attentive to the ritual, ritualistic washing which the Pharisees require everyone to follow. And uh, they're, they're saying, you know, because the Pharisees have a, a very, um, let's say, thorough... Uh, hygiene okay it's more for mostly religious purification than for health but it helps it obviously helps the jews have always been known to be uh very ritualistic about about washing and it does help uh obviously being clean it's not the question of hygiene here it's more of religious authority um for the pharisees and in fact all jews do not eat without carefully washing their hands, keeping the tradition of the elders. And on coming from the marketplace, they did not eat without purifying themselves. And there are many other things that they have traditionally observed, the purification of cups, jugs, kettles, and beds. Uh, so the Pharisees and scribes questioned him, why do your disciples not follow the tradition of the elders, but instead eat a meal with unclean hands? And what did Jesus respond Responded, he responded, well, did Isaiah prophesy about you hypocrites as it is written? So if you notice, okay, they, they have a, a hygienic, a very good hygiene habit. And that's, and I don't think this is the problem that Jesus is trying to point out here. He's not approaching it, but he's feeling that they have taken it to a level beyond what God wanted. And he points out here, he quotes Isaiah. All right, this is from the prophet Isaiah. We won't bother to look it up, but he points to the prophet Isaiah. This people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrine human precepts. What Jesus is arguing here is that they have made their interpretation on a level that is equal to God's revelation. And that is where Jesus has a problem here. Okay, it's not the hygienic problem. 
Okay. The hygiene, you know, as long it's, it's good to have good proper hygiene. There's no problem with this. It keeps people healthy. But what his problem is, is that when they make it into divine revelation, then he, he believes there's a problem that this is what Jesus is saying. This is, there's a serious problem here. And he, and he goes on to point out something that is, that is very bad. You disregard God's commandments by, but cling to human tradition. He went on to say, okay, human tradition, human tradition. Okay. We know in the Catholic church, we have a tradition, which comes from the apostles, which we believe comes from Jesus. All right. And that has to be carefully observed not to, not to basically, um, get confused. And then there is local tradition, human tradition that can easily change. But he's, what he's talking about here is a manipulation of the word of God. They're deliberately manipulating the word of God to their advantage, to their advantage. We have tradition that how the priest says mass, how the priest uh, does things at mass. And there are parts of it that comes from the apostles and there are other parts of it that in a sense can be local. And there has to be a careful navigation between the two. What here he's saying here, he goes on. Moses said, honor your father and your mother and whoever curses father or mother shall die. Yet you say, if someone says to father or mother, any support you might've had from me is carbon, meaning dedicate to God. You allow him to do nothing more for his father or mother you nullify the word of God in favor of your tradition that you have handed on and you do you do many such things all right he's saying here that you you came up with a little scheme where an, a man doesn't have to take care of his father and mother can in a sense um, whatever financial support they might need he he then says, well, I've already given what could have been yours. I've already dedicated it to God Almighty. I already given it to God. So I'm sorry, I can't support you. So he's saying by, in the sense, they don't have to honor their father and mother. You've given them an excuse to run around the word of God. And you, and by using God as the scapegoat, in other words, so what if he's given a donation to God in the temple? He still has to take care of his father and mother. But you're telling him they're not your responsibility because whatever you have given, you've given to God. And so you don't have to give them anything because God comes first even before father and mother. There, Jesus is saying, no. No, absolutely not. You know, this is, you just, you just insulted God. You just offended God. You see how that, that little, that little twist they got there. It's, um, it's, it's, it's ridiculously laughable, but they, but they managed to convince people that whatever you have, you could tell them I've given it to God. So they're on their own. Because God comes first. No. You honor God because they're, you're, they're made in the image and likeness of God. Your parents 
they're your parents and they still deserve your, 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 you to take care of them because they took care of you. They could have done the same thing if they wanted to by saying that we, whatever I, we would have given you as a child, we would have given it to God. We don't have to take care of you. No. No, absolutely not. And this is how Jesus is telling them. You allow him to do nothing more for his father or mother. You nullify the word of God in favor of your tradition that you have handed on and you do many such things. So this is this is this is the part of the Pharisees that Jesus attacks. There's some things about them that are good. There are you know, this is where you gotta navigate. But there are other parts of them that they open. They abuse, and I'm sure all the Pharisees disagree with this. I don't believe every Pharisee agrees with this with this at all. I don't think so. It's impossible, but this is probably the part of the Pharisees that's very devious and wrong. All right, uh, let's uh, go to let's end it there. We're gonna say our prayer. We'll say the Our Father, Hail Mary, and then the uh, Saint Michael prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners. Now, the hour of our death. Amen. Saint Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wild, wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world seeking the ruin of souls amen okay so this was the reading for uh tuesday fifth week of ordinary time so uh remember to subscribe and share and i'll be back uh soon for uh wednesdays so god bless